Hey, I'm Charmaine. And together we're going through it. Woo, let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to season two of Going Through It. Hey everyone. <laughs> we had a little bit of a hiatus moment there um, and I hope you guys didn't miss us too much. Yeah, global pandemic and all, lockdowns, fucking losing jobs, going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> it has been crazy and I hope everyone stayed healthy, stayed well. I know that we both have been or at least trying. So this season, we're doing things a little bit differently. Um, we're going to base this whole season around the environment and nature and have each episode be a different subtopic which we're so excited to present to you guys and we're also planning to have uh, hopefully two guests this season we've confirmed one a hundred percent definitely but um yeah we'll see we'll see we're doing some new things this season which we're super super excited about um so yeah without further Further ado, let's get into it. Dude, I'm geeking. I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm so happy to be back chatting with you. Mm, these are like my favorite parts of the week where we can just spend the whole hour just getting getting in it, getting stuck into a topic. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so good. Like, how has the last couple of weeks been for you? Like, it's been hectic for me, just like. We have literally been in lockdown here in Melbourne for like the last fucking four months, it feels like. So I am just like losing the plot a bit, but mm. 16 days to go, 16 days Yay. to go. How are you? What's, what's been going on oh, for you in these couple of weeks? Man, lockdown sounds hard and I know you've been fighting through it um, and doing your best. But for me, I have transitioned back into working at my job again. I'm mm. off, um, my time off. And that's also been really hard to, to have all this time in the world to be at a steady pace with myself, um, and things that I want to do during the day, but then having to, 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 to just go back into work and, and get yeah. back stuck into it. It's been um, a transitioning phase, um, but a lot's been happening in my personal life as well, but mm. I'm super grateful to where it's brought me today. You know, mm. every, every mm. hard thing actually is a good thing in the long run. Yeah, that's right. It's such a crazy time for everyone and man, like we're all going through our own personal battles, whether that's fucking losing our jobs or being in lockdown or not being able to see family because of the virus. And there's a lot of shit. So, um, yeah, like, I guess we could just keep on keeping on and mm. staying as healthy as we can, um, through this time. I'm so excited for this topic, dude. Like, when I was doing the research, I was like, fuck, I'm so glad we're doing nature and the, and the environment because there are so many ways that we can um, link nature and environment to our own personal well-being. Uh, and also other things like we're going to introduce some other cool topics later on down the track that 
just like have nothing to do with um, like our personal selves, but like technology and infrastructure. And I'm really keen to talk about that. Yeah, me too, dude. Like I feel like um, having the season set for each different topic and having subtopics within it just makes things a bit more easy to digest. And so um, it's exciting. I'm excited to record the next few apps with you. Me too, dude. So today I want to talk to you about nature and it's a link with strengthening mental health. Um, So this is really cool. I'm pretty sure we all know uh, that nature improves our mental health. Um, It's not a it's not a revelation. <laughs> we, all we all know that getting out into into nature helps our mental health. But um, I did some research and just some of the studies that are being done on this specific topic is really interesting um, and we'll get into it. But I think um, if we're looking at history, it's important to look at all the cultures that had a deep connection with nature um, and how it was so ingrained into their everyday life, like the Native Americans, um, the First Nations people in Australia, and just the sense of connection that they had with nature and with themselves. It's, it's so strong. It runs so deep. And I think as a growing society, we're kind of losing that a bit. Um, which is why I wanted to do this topic and why I wanted to kind of look at some of the studies uh, that link it to our mental health because especially for people living in cities who don't have a car or maybe don't have access to nature all the time, dude, it's, it's, um, we're losing it a bit, don't you reckon? I agree. As the cities grow larger and larger year after year, a lot of people are migrating from smaller towns. I know we did. We migrated mm. from our smaller town to join a bigger city. And, um, you know, you know, these cities have to destroy nature in order to build more homes and places for people to live. But um, are not. I don't know. Like, I'm grateful that the Gold Coast, uh, for one, is very nature-driven. Like, you know, you have the hinterland, you have like the beach there, maybe not in the harder surfers, but you do find patches of like little parks and things where people can go sit and just be under a tree or just like sit and listen to birds chirp and have a picnic or go fishing. Um, I'm super grateful that where we have those opportunities and like, especially for me, I don't have a car um, just yet. Um, and so I'm still able to walk to the beach and I'm still able to find little parks that I can ride my bike to, to, to reconnect with nature. And as a person that loves and feels regenerated by the, by being in nature, um, like I can say a hundred percent, like I feel regenerated every time I go out. Um, you know, I'm grateful that there are spots where I get to do this. Yeah. And that's something I'll talk about a bit later on is how cities or even just communities need to build infrastructure around nature to create that experience for people because we've all seen those fucking like little box suburbs that you know you're fucking taking a shit and you could see right into the bedroom (laughs) of the next door you know what I mean and you've got (laughs) you've got no nature you're in this little um matchbox matchbox house suburb um 
that, you know, those houses have been so quickly built with no thought into much at all. Um, and I think it's like the responsibility of um, councils and government, local government to build places and build suburbs that create that opportunity for people because, uh, yeah, people don't have cars, people don't um, have access to certain things and having access to a park or a walk or a nature walk or the beach or whatever you've got, I think it's important. It's it's massively important. I'm living in an area right now where I haven't got that much nature and during this lockdown it's been really hard to, you know, just decompress and regenerate because that's how I find, you know, my meditation, my regeneration is through nature. Um and yeah, anyway, so when we're talking about nature experience or just experiencing nature, um, this refers to and includes uh, individuals' perceptions or interactions with stimuli from the natural world. So whether that be through direct interaction, like me and you are talking about, like going to a park or going uh, to the beach or whatever, or indirect interaction and that could be like gazing out of a window into nature uh, or looking at photographs or playing waterfall sounds through YouTube. So do you reckon it's the same for watching David Attenborough documentaries? Oh, 100% dude. <laughs> like there's such a calming effect with that guy. Hey, it's the voice 100%, it's... but it's also like just looking at like the beautiful nature that he shows. Yeah, I just want to say that that camera crew, they don't get enough props for for the shots that they do with these animals. Oh, it could dude. be so hard, but absolutely amazing amazing have you shots. seen some of that like behind the scenes photos of those uh nah. dude they're literally like in all camouflage just sitting for hours just trying to get one frame of a tiger or whatever they're trying to do like they're really committed to getting that shot wow that sounds so amazing I and love they just it get like attacked by birds and like <laughs> eagles and stuff because they're just in nature it's like well, you're going into their their environment yeah you, you gotta cop it you gotta cop it yeah I was really stoked that when I was doing the research for this topic that there was heaps of uh recent studies and that's because a lot of investigators in public health and health ec- economics in recent years have like crazily intensified their research on the role of nature contact or experience um, and the environment as a general health promoter. Um, and that includes mental health, which is great. Um, so there's heaps of research out there on 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 the on the benefits and different different types of studies on on. Um, how it can help and that's not just like uh, direct contact like we were talking about with um, going to the beach or park it is also studies with um, yeah window gazing and playing those waterfall sounds and and documentaries and stuff Mm, that's beautiful I do love those waterfall sounds though not gonna lie dude one time I went to bed and I had like rain sounds on and I thought it was really calming and my partner came to bed and he said it just sounded like all I had on was static. Like, oh. just like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that 
funny how it's different from like different people. Like um, some people might find those crickets like really calming, like the like that night sound. But I'm just like, shut the fuck up! Like, yeah. no way. <laughs> he was like, why the hell are you listening to static to go to sleep? But I found it was so soothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So there's three studies that I want to talk about. So one is a lab control study. So kind of when I'm researching what I want to look for, and maybe this is advice for others when they're researching, try and look for different types of studies. Um, so they will all sh- they will all try and explain different things, and it kind of helps you make a better uh, hypothesis or um, conclusion to your research. Um because if you're just looking at one study, like it can be like a lab control study is very different to a field work study. But if they kind of like reveal similar conclusions, um, then it kind of helps you make your conclusion to whatever point you're trying to make. Um, so in us saying nature strengthens mental health, that was pretty cool because I could make that conclusion because there was a couple of studies that... Um, that proved that, which is really cool. So number one is lab control study. So that demonstrated that there is beneficial psychological um, and physiological impacts of nature images and sounds. Going back to that beautiful static (laughs) that I was listening to. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Um, And then number two is an experimental fieldwork study that has shown the benefits of nature experience by contrasting within group change across affective, cognitive, and physiological dimensions in participants who walked in natural versus urban environments. So that's sort of saying uh, it showed the benefits between cognitive function, physiological function, and affective behavior walking uh, within nature compared to urban environments. Um and that's not saying that walking in urban environments is shit. Like, I love walking in the city and checking out the graffiti and, like, there is a definite vibe to a city. Definitely. But I think that vibe is completely different in nature. Like, wouldn't you agree? I agree. I think for me, when I'm walking in the city, I'm mostly just analysing why things are where they are and why like I don't know I just like watch people's reactions I'm a people watcher guys I'm a people watcher like (laughs) me too (laughs) they're so interesting um and yeah I'm just like observing like and just analyzing and then when I'm out in nature it feels like I'm meditating as you say I I'm just observing I'm not judging I'm not analyzing I'm not having external thoughts all I'm thinking is Wow, nature, you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I feel like it it just creates that kind of sense of being in the present moment. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And it, I like um cuz in an urban environment you think you see a billboard and it's about uh dentistry, right? And then you're thinking, okay, like how when was the last time I got my teeth done? Should I go get my teeth done and it just creates this thought pattern whereas nature you probably are there and you're like in the present moment the wind's blowing through the trees you might see a butterfly fly by and you're like wow like 
this is all happening like right here, right now. And, you know, if you want to like think further, you can like, what, like, where did this butterfly come from? <laughs> yeah. What kind of butterfly this is. But you know what I mean? It's so different to uh, urban environment because I feel like urban environment is just so stimulating for the brain. Whereas... Stimulating. That is the key word because I definitely feel like I'm really stimulated in terms of um, like stuff coming in, like stuff I'm seeing. But also mm. I'm stimulated like by staying alert. Because in the city, you know, there's people around, there's cars around, you know, I don't want to walk across this zebra crossing and get fucking totaled by a car. Like, <laughs> there's a, you know. I know. <laughs> you know how I feel about zebra crossings. <laughs> Slow down, cunt. <laughs> Slow down, people. There's people trying to cross. But, yeah, like, there's that that stimulation that you get from that uh from urban environments where you kind of have to be alert and as a woman as well we kind of have to be alert about shit if we're out in the afternoon and you know there's fucking people around and like um there's a sus cunt behind us like we need to be alert of that but in nature you kind of have that breath of fresh air where you're just like ah this like this is nature this is wholesome I can kind of relax and take Mm. a moment yeah, and also super grateful in Australian environments. There's no massive predators that may be lurking after us while we're taking a walk. Because I watched the David Attenborough documentary the other day <laughs> and they were talking about um, animals adapting to urban environments. Sorry to go off topic. but um, And these there's these tigers in um, this place. I think it's in India and they're hunting these wild pigs that like also are in this city and people are on this walking path there's like a group of six people and they say that per year about 100 people get attacked by tigers because the tigers just think that they're prey nope (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh wow australia's great (laughs) yeah i feel like americans who are probably listening to this um might think otherwise because we've got heaps of spiders and snakes and stuff, but we hardly see mm. them, people. Like, it's not yeah. like we've got these big-ass bears or tigers, lo- like, roaming around. Exactly. We're pretty safe, and you just yeah. have to be vigilant. Vigilant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah. And the third study is a cross-sectional study that showed that Psychological well-being of a population can be associated in part with its proximity to green space, blue space, like the ocean or marine environments, and street trees or private gardens in both urban and rural communities. Um, And this goes back to what we were saying before about those matchbox matchbox houses. Um, A lot of those development, housing developments now are being built with parks um, or like, yeah, I guess like a tree, treed area. Um, and I don't know if that's got anything to do with like the council regulations in, in that some, some housing developments must have, you know, per square meter of housing, they must have per square meter of tree or, uh, uh, or whatever private garden or whatever. I don't know, but, um, the studies show that psychological well-being is enhanced by having that around. So it'd be really interesting to um, do a bit more reading to see if that is the case with these housing developments. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and like I know for sure that that probably wouldn't have been the case back in the day because you see some housing developments now that are just fucking square blocks and, you know, the, the closest park is like heaps far away. So I don't know. I hope that uh, with council and local government, as these new studies are coming out, that it's now becoming mandatory for nature to be kept as is or create create a place where people can go and have that that um that relaxing time i'm trying to think of a word Mm, yeah and i also i love to go off topic but i also feel like when we engage more with nature um then we can appreciate it more we're not going to treat it like a garbage dump like which is what a lot of people do these days like (laughs) but that's a whole nother topic but um I just feel like when when you're in nature and you really appreciate it for what it is, you want to keep it as clean and pristine as you can because you want to keep being able to go back there. That's just sparked a thought, you saying that. Like, I wonder if people who live on the land or, you know, they own land or they're near reservations or whatever, I wonder if they have more awareness of mm, what it takes to look after land or... Uh, compared to someone in the city, probably, I guess, because oh, they've got to learn about burning off or mulching gardens or doing the lawns. And maybe because of that awareness, they keep it tidier when they do go and visit other places. I don't know, just a thought. Yeah, it'd be cool to do a study on that and just like, or even look up some studies on it because I, I feel like maybe that could be a reason why a lot of people are willing to throw their trash out or I don't know, they just maybe because they do it in urban urban environments and they rely on the street sweepers yeah. to clean up the mess. Yeah, that there's there's uh, things in place in, in urban environments to kind of deal with your messiness i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> your laziness but yeah like, so. your lazy bitch put it in the bin it, yeah <laughs> um so an- another little um and i guess this comes back to how we were talking about sounds when you sleep another study showed that nature experience uh has been associated with improved sleep and reductions in stress so I guess that in general, having better sleep and less stress does improve mental health. And this is a bit going into the next point I'm going to make, but over the past century, people have been increasingly concentrated in urban areas like cities, Gold Coast, Melbourne, whatever. In many instances, modern living habits involve reduced regular contact with outdoor nature and increased time spent indoors on screens and performing sedentary activities. Screen time, sedentary activities um, and lack of exercise is all linked to poor mental health. So this disengagement from nature may be partially driven by a negative feedback loop as direct nature experiences become progressively unavailable to new generations. This creates an ever narrowing spectrum of nature experiences. Wow. That would make me so sad if, if like in 2030, no one 
wanting to go out into nature. And that's kind of like what it is, I think, because our population is increasing. Um, we are more attached to our phones now more than ever. Um, like so many kids have iPads and, you know, whatever they have. Um, we didn't have that when we were younger and we are not that old. Like it was only what, how, when we were 10, how many years ago is that? 15, 15 years ago, we had no iPads. We had no kind of like indoor activities. We were kind of always outside doing shit and that's not really the case anymore. And as the population grows in urban environments, you know, housing then becomes a bit more cramped. People are less likely to go out and do stuff, I think. Um, so that makes sense to me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was even lucky to get on my mum's brick Nokia phone and play Snake. <laughs> to play Snake. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. <gasps> Yeah, exactly, dude. It's really scary. I really, you know, as as I'm, like, I don't know, makes me sound like I'm old, but I'm not. Like, as I'm getting older and thinking about things that, you know, I didn't think about five years ago, like kids or having a house or just what I want to do maybe in 10 years, I that is just so directly linked to nature for me. Like, I can't imagine living in a city when I want to relax and I don't know settle down or whatever I decide to do I don't really feel like doing that in a city I agree I just uh like I was even looking at properties out in sunny coast yesterday (laughs) and I was like man that sounds like the most perfect place to have a house lots of acreage places to explore like that veggie garden, what more could you want? Solar panels, uh, hopefully a, a creek bed. Oh, gosh, um, yeah, that's the dream. And some cute little animals. Like I would love a cow, <laughs> a cow <laughs> and a horse. Um, yeah. I wouldn't eat it, but I would just hug it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that goes back to us, you know, being from a rural town you know a small rural town and in Queensland where we had the ability to go out to nature all the time and pretty much the whole town is nature because it's fucking small so maybe you know that's why we have that feeling and and because we are we do get that positive feedback loop from nature and that um you know uh increasing of mental health in nature that we we associate our future with nature experience. Wow, that's so true. I'd love to just do a do a quick survey to everyone who's like grew grew up in in a city and still lives in a city and see how they feel about nature, see how they feel. It'd be cute to do a little survey like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, yeah, and going back to that disengagement from nature for generations coming in now um a really interesting term i was reading was an environmental generational amnesia or extinction of experience may stem from each generation's reduced experience of wildness or increased experience of environmental pollution so i thought that was really interesting that term but basically what they think that that environmental amnesia causes is 
um, a shifting of the acceptable quality, richness and variation in nature experience. So, for example, you know, our parents' generation, they um, are so associated with nature and, you know, maybe like their perception of nature and the quality and um, the variation in nature that they need is different to maybe our kids when we get older um, because they have been exposed to more back then and a better quality of it than what perhaps our kids may be exposed to in the future. You even just saying environmental generational amnesia just made my face go like I just licked a lemon. <laughs> like, I don't want that for the future. I don't want that for for generations yeah. to come, but it seems like it's going to be heading that way, which is such a shame. It does. And that extinction of experience um, makes sense because, you know, we're seeing extinction of habitat um, for housing and poor housing at that. Um, we're seeing extinction of animals and um, we're not seeing like conservation and, uh, you know, growth for the environment at the forefront of people's minds um and i saw this really cool post on um instagram the other day saying uh 2020 is not a bad year we're literally going to have these bad years if climate change you know racial injustice you know, capitalism like all these different things continues and i agreed with that because it's not the forefront of our minds, climate change and conservation. Um, you know, there's always this mentality of like, oh, someone else will do it or, you know, it'll it'll happen. Um, like it'll, it'll fix itself. But will it? Like, I don't know. I know. That's what I'm sitting here thinking. And that's why I'm so passionate about the things that I've integrated into my life to, to sort of help combat the effects of these things happening um, and you know, and it just makes you think one person isn't going to make a change, but one person can influence change, but within unity, like uni uniting together, we can definitely make some solid changes, but it's just a shame that I just wish that recycling was trendy or like growing your own veggie garden was trendy or like you know like it, it, like you know what I mean like imagine mm. if um you know conservation was as popular as only fans like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> bitch get your coins <laughs> though <laughs> yeah like come on like and I think the thing is maybe you just can't monetize nature overly because she is just so free and maybe the issue is like the capitalism mindset of the world that you know everything has a price but fuck that shit or that you know? consumerism mindset I saw I read another thing that said capitalism isn't the problem and I, I will find that study and maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast, but I saw something that said capitalism isn't the problem, it's consumerism or something. I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but it was really interesting because mm. I've always had the mindset of like, oh, capitalism is a problem, but <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe it's not, maybe it's something else. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's off topic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Love um, going on those side, side 
adventures. Me too. Me too. Um, I saw a really cool term as well when I was researching this, that supporting mental health, can we, can we look at supporting mental health and nature as an ecosystem service? And I thought that was a cool term to call it because we can receive uh, a lot of things from nature and supporting our mental health from nature is basically a little service like from nature that we can create for ourselves Um, and that it does have incredible impact for us. It's not just, you know, the oxygen we breathe, like it has a lot of other, um, a lot of other benefits for us. Yeah, I want that to go trending. Like yeah. ecosystem service. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's doing a due diligence every fucking day. And like everyone's here like taking it for granted. Like, fuck. Yeah. And like this doesn't, you know, we can do certain things on an individual level and that's great. Um and, but don't beat yourself up. Like if you're doing everything you can and you feel like, you know, obviously there are ways we can do more, but this really falls into the hands of local government and city planners. Um, uh, I got a little bit of a, I wrote some notes here that this falls into the hands of stakeholders, city planners, landscape architects, engineers, parks departments, infrastructure providers, community-based organizations, and environmental advocates could use a tool that helps them anticipate the mental health impacts of decisions they make relating to the environment. So I guess like what I'm trying to say there is city planners, when they're maybe building a new shopping center, and we do see this now. Um, I know Chermside in Brisbane, for example, the way they've built their new shopping center it, they have a whole garden area outside where they've got restaurants and, you know, they've got fountains and plants and they've kind of created that kind of um, space for people. And I wonder if moving forward, you know, because population, I think the biggest fucking detriment to this world is the population. But, you know, if that's going to continue to happen, how are city planners and stakeholders going to uh, make sure that, we all get a bit of nature and we we get those benefits. Yeah. Do you know who I think does nature in the city really well? Singapore. Singapore. Oh, my they God. They do it so well. All their buildings yes. with, with all the vines and uh, plants just hanging off them, uh, that intercity, uh, it's like a garden even I think with those big pillars that light up and just have all these plants off of them like they have done amazing work with with they have combining the two and yeah I would love to see that more around the world and um you know what I also did some research on bamboo and I feel like we should all be implementing bamboo around the cities because they suck in like a lot of carbon and spit out lots of oxygen. Like they purely just thrive off that shit. They just they don't need a lot of water, a lot of time to grow, and they just they're just a machine at taking in the carbon and pushing out the oxygen. 
that's like hemp as well, right? Mm-hmm. Hemp is really, is very similar to that. But yeah, I just think like Singapore is a, an amazing example because you can tell they've had city planners and, you know, architects that have done their research on the benefits of nature in a, in a city, in a community. And I just think everywhere else is really poor planning. Like, you know, if we walk down, Melbourne's not too bad, actually. There's a lot of, like, food, uh, veggie gardens and, and things like that around in Melbourne. But if you think about Brisbane, like, walking down the street in Brisbane, like, there's no fruit trees. Like, there's no certain things, like, that the council has put into place to make um an area as close to nature as possible and improve that kind of um quality of life i think like just a lot of planning this united states as well a lot of planning is just not there definitely definitely um like moving forward we need to start implementing these things that we are now conscious of. Like there's no excuse to say we're ignorant. We didn't know that, you know, come on. Everyone has the ability to jump on Google and well, no, I'm not saying like civilians, but I'm like people in these departments, the stakeholders, jump on Google if you don't fucking believe it. Go find a study. Evie did. Like, you know what I mean? It's like go. <laughs> we all have a computer. Yeah. yeah, use it. Use this information to do some good for a great impact on the world and use your power in such a like a helping way instead of just rinsing and repeating old ways of doing things because it's easy like come on Mm -hmm. accept a Mm -hmm. challenge yeah yeah and I guess to end this there is some light at the end of the tunnel because of all of this information and I know there are people out there who are doing fucking heaps good work in this field you know landscape architects and town planners and you know land conservation scientists and things like that um that there are already models starting to be applied within the context that we've talked about. Um, So some of these examples include urban tree canopy restoration to improve air quality in cities. People are doing that, which is amazing. Um, Sightings of new park locations to improve physical activity, which will then improve mental health. So parks being added to certain places, um, uh, reservations being added to certain places to increase that Um, physical activity and populations um, and efforts to use environmental investments to advance health equity so um, like uh, invite like investing in um, like you're saying in uh, Singapore that that architecture of the airports and all the other I think they're also creating like a green island to just increase the general health of their population that's amazing um Insane, insane. So a little bit more on that health equity, what I'm trying to say there is giving, given the emerging evidence base for the benefits of nature contact, greater effort should be made to increase access to nature to help address the significant health inequities that people from low opportunity neighborhoods experience in contrast to their privileged counterparts. So like incorporating parks and nature and I don't know, urban tree canopies to the lower socio 
areas of cities and urban dwellings um, to increase that mental health and that inequity between rich and poor. Um, in saying that, with that um, that island, that the green island they're building in Singapore, apparently it's really expensive to have a property there. So that's kind of, again, talking about that inequity between poor and rich, um, that there needs to be a bit of a... Um, a fucking link between the two and rather from being so one or the other um, opposing yeah one or the other yeah opposing yeah like there needs to be a bit more equality um there as well yeah 100 percent agree 100 percent oh man 2020 is such a big year and i'm glad that a lot of <laughs> things are coming to light and I hope it continues, you know, into 2021. I really want to hear all the passion from, from people and, and have their voices heard, you know, we are, we have the platform to do so, even though these platforms are working tediously to shadow ban a lot of things, but we just got to keep being smarter, working harder. If you feel yeah. like you want to, don't feel pressured, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and get out there into nature, advocate for, um, you know, what you can that's mm. within your realm, but take care of yourself during this time, get out into nature, like as we've talked about today, overwhelming studies um, talking about the benefits of nature and mental health and um I know it's a bit hard for a lot of us to do, those of us who are still in lockdown, um, but just try and get out into the sun, you know, even if it's just taking your shoes off and putting your feet on the earth and and taking a little minute to breathe that in. um, I think that's important for all of us. And yeah, I hope you have all enjoyed episode one season two i'm so fucking stoked to be back i'm so happy to be talking to you about this shit me too i have enjoyed this talk thoroughly i feel like i've learned so much more in depth um about the impacts of nature to my mental health i just thought i loved it i just i was like i'm passionate about this (laughs) but you know it's it's not just a passion it's it's something deeper that anyone could get into and anyone can really enjoy and I'm grateful yeah. that we have the opportunities to go out into nature and and experience it for what it is in this time. Yeah, we need to protect it at all costs, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get your Steve Owen um, spirit out. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I hope everyone learned something today. Um, next week's podcast is going to be about plants and how they emit energy, and that will be presented by Charmaine. So <laughs> stick around. Yes. Oh, you don't even know how much I wanted to, like, say stuff about this during this podcast, but I'm like, it's not the time. <laughs> it's not the time. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We're super excited for season two. Uh, let's get it. Yeah. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.